0: Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. The title of my message is uh, Called to Faith, Called to Community. And it's more than what you're probably thinking as I uh, share those words with you. Uh, It's not going to be a guilt trip about joining a life group. My message this morning is about God's call, God's ministry and what God wants to do. But as we look at this uh, topic this morning, uh, when I was at uh, Norton Summit Baptist, I was there for 20 years as a pastor. I joined the uh, CFS as a firefighter uh, for seven years. and my last seven years at the church, I was also uh, involved in the CFS. Uh, and we used to, every Friday night, we'd have Monday night training, Friday night, some of the leaders and the different ones at the CFS, we would meet at the Scenic Hotel and have a few drinks and a chat. And the captain said to me one day, he said, you'll take me out of here in a coffin. And what he was saying was that these guys are my community. These guys are the guys that I I share my life with, I talk to about my life. These are the guys that have been around me for the last 10, 15 years. These are the guys that I want uh, to just want to belong to until I'm not around the place. And we all have seen in the last few days, uh, CFS member, Died in the line of duty down in the southeast, someone from up here in the Adelaide Hills, uh, in Eden Hills, over that way. Uh, and uh, all the community, CFS community, are flying flags at half mask in honour of that person. But we all long and look for community, and we all know the beauty and the joy of feeling loved and accepted, no matter who we are, what we've done, knowing that there's someone that we can share with, talk to, open our hearts to, and know that they love and accept us despite uh, warts and all. And uh, to feel the joy of that is something uh, that we find. uh, I've experienced it and continue to experience it in my family, uh, with friendships, Um, in my marriage, uh, and um, and all of us at different times have found someone in our lives, and I trust that you have, uh, that there's someone that you feel that closeness to. But we also, each of us, know the pain of broken relationships. We know how much our heart aches when someone we love, maybe a family member, a child, a marriage partner, someone we love pulls away, walks away, leaves us, and we feel the deep agony in our soul uh, when that relationship is broken. And we might ask ourselves, uh, Why is this so? God Himself felt the pain of that alienation and that sense of distance in a relationship that should have been, uh, that was incredibly intimate and close in perfect unity. When He was on the cross, He cried out in those words, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? In agony, He was crying out about the pain that was there when community, when relationship, when connection uh, was severed, when what was meant to be wasn't taking place. The psalmist echoed the same words and Jesus virtually said the same words as psalmist in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Some of you have probably prayed this prayer at different times. Why, um, Why so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. At different times, we all come to those points where we maybe wonder where God is and what he is doing and the cry of our heart, which reflects the longing for connection and community. We cry out to God and cry out for what uh, is uh, the deepest longing of the human heart. In answering the question of why is it so uh, satisfying to be loved and accepted? Why is it so painful when broken relationships uh, are, are, are torn apart for various reasons? And why is, do we have such a deep longing to be loved? And the big picture uh, answer to that question is, uh, is r- relatively simple. We are created in the image of a relational God. It says in 1 John 4 verse 8, God is love. His very essence is community and love. The Father, Son and Spirit are in intimate communion. The Father loves the Son who loves the Spirit who loves the Father and they are in intimate mutual submission to one another and in community together and the very unity and oneness of God is an expression of who He is and we are created in His image. We are created as relational beings. We are created to need connection. We are created uh, to need relationship and so when we do... Uh, have experiences of the joy of a beautiful relationship and then it's torn apart, then uh, we feel the pain of that. It's in our very DNA to long for community and connection. In Genesis 1.26, right uh, in the first chapter of the Bible, that sense of God being a person in community God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. And I like the development of the voice translation where it says, starting at verse 26, now let us conceive a new creation, humanity made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. And let us grant them authority over the earth and the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the domesticated animals and the small creeping creatures of the earth. So God did just that. He created humanity in his image. He created them male and female. Father, Son and Holy Spirit were all involved right at the beginning of creation and we are made in His image and we are called uh, to community. We are created for community and we are called to community. And what I want to share with you this morning, based on that foundational understanding of who we are, what our identity is as created beings, is that we have a twofold call to community. It's not just talking about connecting and community with each other. First and foremost, we are called and created to be in community with the living God to join in the dynamic relationship between the Father, Son and Spirit, to be in community and communion with Him, to hear His voice, to respond to Him, for Him to respond to us as we pray and cry out to Him. Men and women, Adam and Eve in the garden, had intimate communion with God. God came and He walked and talked with them in the garden when they had severed that relationship and done something that God had said not to do. And God was walking in the garden and He, cried, he, he called out, where are you? Where are you, Adam? He wanted to connect. He wanted to canoe, find out where they were. In Genesis 3, verse 8, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to Adam, where are you? Not only... Uh, the first thing we are called to is to live in that communion and community with God. God created us for fellowship with him. He wanted a family on earth who would be in intimate relationship with him. And the fall destroyed that communion, destroyed that relationship, and God has been at work throughout history calling us back to himself. That is the first call to community, is to be in community and intimate communion uh, with with the living God any parent that's given birth to a child, you would know the joy of the arrival of a child, you would know the longing of your heart as a child grows up in the early years, they are responsive and connected and you enjoy uh, their presence in your family and your longing right from birth is that they would, throughout their teen years, through their adult years, that they would remain in close community community and connection with you, uh, that as they um, become adults, that they, you could share life with them, uh, that they, you would set them free to be who they are in God, but you would long and your heart breaks when your children pull away. And it's the same with the God who created us. His heart breaks for us as we, uh, if we live in that sense of keeping God at arm's length. Even as people of faith, we can continue to be holding God at arm's length and not allow His Spirit to touch us in the depths of our heart and to be really listening and responding and living in that communion with God that God uh, longs for and that He has uh, created us for. In Hebrews 4, 14 uh, to 16, it talks about God making the way through Christ. Dave talked about it last week, the intimacy that God uh, longs for uh, with us. For Jesus is not some high priest who has no sympathy for our weaknesses and flaws. He has already been tested in every way have we been tested, but He emerged victorious without failing God. So let us step boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace and help Uh, when we need it most. Come boldly into God's presence, no matter what it is, no matter how much Satan tells you that you've failed too much, that you've failed too many times, you've done something which God could never forgive, you've done something which is causing you shame and you live in that shame and you do not uh, come boldly to the throne of grace because of the, the barrier that that shame puts up. That verse is saying, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done something, come boldly to the throne of grace. And that intimacy is what God is longing for, that we as His children would come to Him and if you like, come into His embrace, reach out to Him and uh, wait for His Spirit uh, to touch your heart. In Romans 8, um, 15 and 16, it says, You see you have not received a spirit that returns you to slavery, so you have nothing to fear. The Spirit you have received adopts you and welcomes you into God's own family. That's why we call out to Him, Abba or Dear Father, as we would address a loving Daddy through the prayer, God's Spirit confirms in our spirits that we are His children. God's Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God, that you are loved by God, that you are graced by God, that you are part of uh, His family in communion and community with Him. In Psalm 73, Rebecca and I, uh, each evening, there's a Lectio 365, there's a 10-minute reflection uh, on Scripture and prayer and quotes and just a reminder of uh, reflecting on the day and what God has been saying, what he, repentance about things that He might have been challenges about. But in Psalm 73:28, last night, that verse just struck me. It says, I am in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. He made the Lord... We have made the Lord God our home. How refreshing it is when we make God our home, when we come into His presence and in communion and community with Him. So the first call to community, call to faith, called to community, you're called to community and connection and relationship and intimacy uh, with the living, living God. The second call to community is we are called to community uh, with each other. I've been reading Francis Chan's book. Uh, the staff share different books that we're reading just to let people know and if we want to, we pick up. Um, I don't know whether Laura will mind me mentioning. She's been reading uh, Until Unity by Francis Chan and I thought, well, that looks like a kind of book I'd enjoy reading. So I've been going through that book. But he says something very challenging that I'd rather quote him as I read it than say it myself. He says, After ta- Oftentimes I hear the words in worship songs claiming, All I need is Jesus. And while it is sung out of the heart that means well, the Father has much more for us. It's actually not biblical. He created us to be in community with each other. And let me say very clearly, Jesus is all we need for salvation and that's what we're affirming. But as we come to faith and come to God and come to the living God and His Spirit indwells us, we are called to be in community with each other. God in Christ, His purpose isn't just to connect us with God. His purpose is also to connect us with each other as we give the grace and love to each other that God has given to us. In the Old Testament, before even sin had entered and God was walking and talking with Adam in the garden, before Eve was created, He said, it's not good for you to be alone. And this isn't just about marriage. This is about a, an individual who God had created. And He said, you are, it's not good that you are in isolation. In that case, he created Eve, a beautiful bride, I'm sure, uh, and uh, God created uh, and, and intended even before the fall that we would be in community with others. How much more as God's people indwelt by the Holy Spirit individually in communion with God, how much more we need each other in our brokenness, in our longing to become what Christ wants us to be, that we're listening to God, but also that we need to be in connection with each other. In 1 Corinthians 12... uh, 21 to 25, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Think of any person, any gift, any uh, person in the life of the church. We can't say we don't need them. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. That's community valuing every person despite their differences to you, valuing every person uh, despite their different gift, different personality, different background, different theology sometimes. If they are a person who believes in Christ, they are someone who is uh, connected to you as part of God's family. We hear God together as we use our spiritual gifts. When we're in community, as we in conversations, as people use their gifts, as they speak what God might put on their heart for you, we hear God in community as much as we do uh, in our, prime, our private relationship with God. We are created it for it, we long for it, And Jesus prayed for it. He prayed for us uh, to be in community and oneness together. Jesus' prayer in John 17 says, I do not ask for these only, the disciples that were around him, but also for all who will believe in me through their word, meaning us gathered here today. His prayer was that they may all be one, and this has blown my mind for many years, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus' prayer was that everyone who believes would be in unity and oneness together uh, in, in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we are shown the way to relationships with each other to be restored. The Spirit indwells every believer, even the ones you think are a heretic because of, or a, a liberal or because they don't interpret things the way you interpret and you've become convinced uh, that, uh, of what you think God is saying. We so easily divide the body of Christ over doctrinal differences, different experience of the Holy Spirit, People have different passions. Someone's passionate for the justice that God longs to see in the world. Some are more passionate uh, for, for community and life groups. Someone's more passionate uh, for gifts of prophecy. And there's all different passions and longings that people express. Um, there's different ethnic backgrounds, different parenting styles, different views on how we respond to the COVID pandemic. And there's um, all those different things. But despite all those differences, we are one in Christ. And I want to say to us, and I'm going to say it again a bit later, we need to be what we are. You and I can't create community the more we try and agree on all these different things, the more we'll just fragment. Since the Reformation, uh, there's about 360,000 different groups of Christians who call themselves Christians, who mostly are uh, throughout the world because we spiritualised. Um, I'm, I'm more spiritual than you. I believe certain things that, are, we think, that I think are right. My pride means that I'll take a group and go and start another group and I'll feel really spiritual because I'm starting another group. Uh, and uh, we've got the right truth, we've got this, usually it's only one thing, it might be the second, I won't go through the list, I might get myself into trouble, but um, you you get the drift, don't you? It's not spiritual to divide the body of Christ. It's spiritual to walk in communion and unity with each other, to have robust conversations, to disagree, even about what you think the Bible might be saying, disagreeing about uh, what you think might be the right way to act uh, in a COVID climate. But speak strongly what God has put on your heart, but do it in a spirit of unity and oneness because we all belong to Christ together. And it's in Christ that we are one. Whether we are, just if uh, one of my kids said, I disown you, Dad, I don't want to ever talk to you again. Um, uh, I'm going to move over the other side of the world. Hayley, Norell and Rachel would still be my daughters. And my heart would ache and break and I'd long for that relationship to be restored. And even when you pull away from the body of Christ, uh, whichever part of it it is, or you think this one's the best one and all the others are uh, less uh, Christians or whatever, um, less spiritual than what you think we are, then that's just pride speaking. We are one in Christ Christ. And in Christ, anyone who confesses Jesus is Lord, acknowledges His life, death and uh, uh, burial and resurrection and believes that He's coming again, are your brother and sister. The Uniting Church up the road, the Lutheran Church up the road, the Pentecostal Church up the road, the Brethren Church up the road or down the road, wherever they are, all those people are your brothers and sisters. And whatever you feel uh, in your heart about some of the things they live and do and whatever or believe, um, you are still one with them in Christ. That's the primary reality. And we are called uh, to be what we are in Christ. The Scriptures make it clear that the issues are not about how you understand the Bible that divide us. It's not about church practice and, and how we do church on Sunday morning or the songs that we sing They aren't the basis who are never meant to be and never will be the basis of unity as God's people. The Scriptures make it clear that the issues go far deeper and they manifest around these issues that I've been mentioning. In James 4, 1-3, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet. And Jesus said, If you speak evil of a brother, you've committed murder. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on uh, your pleasures." It's about the heart attitude. It's what's their desires that are cause, um, our selfish desires that cause disunity among us. In chapter three, it's, it talks about bitterness and envy and selfish ambition um, creating disunity um, and even calls those things, as even calls them the demonic in, in their manifestation. But in verse 17 of James three, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. And the word righteousness is right relationship with God uh, and each other. The whole idea to be righteous is to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with each other, which means doing the things that build relationships rather than tear down relationships. And God calls us to be intentional about being what we are, to being the people of God who are one in Christ, whether you like it or not. Ephesians 4 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all and in all. And we can't claim to be in fellowship with God and hate our brother or sister. Uh, If someone in verse 1, uh, 1 John 4 verse 20, it says, If someone claims I love God, I'm very close to God, but hates his brother or sister, then he is a liar. Anyone who does not love a brother or sister whom he has seen cannot possibly love God whom he has not seen. When I was growing up, I was a kind of faith when I was uh, 11 years old, baptised at 14. I was always a, a very passionate about growing in my relationship with God and, and reading God's Word. And I read this verse. And, um, and, I, and times when I, I had a brother who was about eighty months older than me and uh, different times we shared the same room until I, he got married uh, and then I had the whole room to myself. Um, but at different times we might have differences or arguments about something. And then I'd read this verse and I'd be feeling pretty angry or self-righteous and whatever, because of course I was right, um, I thought. Um, But then I would read this verse and I was thinking, do I really love, this is my biological brother. And then I'd be thinking, am I really living and loving God if I'm struggling to love my brother in those moments? And the same is a reality for us in the church, not just this church, but God's church, all believers, all those who are in Christ. uh, And we must ask ourselves, if we uh, in any way um, speak evil of a brother, uh, then... We need to ask ourselves, what's going on in my relationship with God? I'm challenged by that word. I trust that you too are challenged by that word as well. There's a worship song that we used to sing many years ago. We are one in the bond of love. We have joined our spirit with the spirit of God. We are one in the bond of love. That song, without realising, expressed what I'm saying this morning. We have joined our spirits with the spirit of God. That's why we are one in the bond of love not because we agree on all the different things that you and I could fight over or have arguments about. Pastors are meant to be easily entreated, not meaning a walkover on matters of uh, core doctrines of who Jesus is and the gospel and the spirit of grace rather than legalism, but on matters that don't matter. We, we need to be, have that spirit of grace and humility as we listen and seek to uh, be an expression and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, I guess, an example of how we can be one uh, as as God's people and express the oneness that is the reality that does exist. And as I said earlier, just as in a family, no matter what your children do, those of you with children, no matter how far they get, pull away and what terrible things they say about you, they are still your child and you long and ache for them to be what, they, what you are, to be the family that God has given you. And so I finished this morning By summarising and saying the call to faith is a call to intimate communion and community with the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. There's books about a divine dance and entering into a dynamic, living, exciting relationship with the living God. uh, That we are called to that relationship with Father, Son and Spirit in community. And we're also called to unity, oneness and community with each other. A twofold call. When you come to faith, you come to the living God. When you come to faith, you come to the community of God's people. Not just this community, but all God's people. And when our relationship with God and each other, when both of those are in harmony, amazing things begin to happen. When we're in communion and community and oneness with the living God and living in His grace and giving grace to each other, uh, and that our relationships with each other are expressing whatever differences there are, a sense of unity and oneness in Christ, then amazing things begin to happen. Like in Jesus' prayer in John 17, He longed for, He said, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. When, and then the world will know that you have sent me and that you have loved them even as you love me those amazing things that begin to happen will show the world that Jesus is uh, who He is. Uh, And as uh, in human relationships, in families, in marriages, families and children, in friendships, in the workplace, you know the power of unity and community together. And where people are working and in a, we are connected with people of faith, when that relationship with God and that relationship with each other uh, are both in harmony, then amazing things happen in marriages. Amazing things happen in families. Amazing things, hap- amazing things happen uh, in friendships. Amazing things happen in the life of the church. Very familiar passage, but I'm going to read it as I draw to a close. The amazing things that happen when people come to faith, come alive to the Spirit of God. Uh, Listen to this. Acts 2, 42 to 47, the community reading in the voice translation, the community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them, gathering for fellowship, breaking bread and praying. Everyone felt a sense of awe because the apostles were doing many signs and wonders among them. There was an intense sense of togetherness uh, among all who believed. They shared all their material possessions in trust. Some sold their possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. And they were unified as they worshiped at the temple day after day. In homes, they broke bread and shared meals with glad and generous hearts. The new disciples praised God and they enjoyed the goodwill of the people of the city. Day after day, the Lord added to the number everyone who was experiencing liberation and freedom in the grace and love of God the work of the Spirit, restored relationship with God, this amazing restoration of relationships between each other, rich and poor. No matter who they were from many nationalities on the day of Pentecost, they all shared and loved one another. They didn't come up with some right or left wing politics to divide them. They just saw their oneness in Christ and uh, lived that out in the kind of things uh, that we've read about. As people of faith, we are called to this communion with God and this communion with each other. In Hebrews 1023 to 25, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I finish with this challenge. Be what you are in Christ. Be in fellowship with the living God. Be in fellowship uh, with each other. The opportunities, uh, Laura's thank thanked the worship team and uh, creative team this morning. There's a belong team. Uh, when you get involved in serving together, you find community and connection with each other. That's one way of expressing and developing and finding community. But also particularly, and Dave just said it'd be a good opportunity this morning uh, just to let you know and encourage you. And there's a flyer on every second or third seat about life groups and the insert in that flyer has got a list of uh, the different groups that are currently existing, uh, unless they changed in the last 24 hours, which one of them has. But there's a list of the groups there um, that you may like to connect in. But I wanna encourage you On the day of Pentecost, I don't think they had a Robin Carter standing in front of the whole congregation and all those who had come to faith saying, come and talk to me and I'll point you to a life group. I'll certainly do that and Marion will do that and uh, Leona will do that. Uh, Any of us will uh, point you to one if we know of a group that's existing. But I wanna encourage you to listen to what God is saying to you about people you may already feel a connection with. You may meet ad hocly at the moment. But you might agree uh, just to meet and over the next, uh, starting on the uh, couple, uh, next week, I think this a series in in John's Gospel, uh, eight um, series of messages on the I Am sayings of Jesus. You might like to say to a couple of other people, the conformer core group for others to link in with you if they like, um, just even just for that eight weeks. And uh, you might meet fortnightly and just do every second one. But I want to encourage you, to, uh, if you're already in a group, to uh, just uh, continue with what's been happening, invite others to link in. Remember at the moment, I think there's a COVID limit of eight in a house. So if you've got a big group, you might have to meet in two different homes and share together. Um, For health reasons, we need to respect these guidelines. Um, And then those who are forming new groups, uh, just agree where you're gonna meet and over the next eight weeks, whether fortnightly or weekly, just get together as God's people. We'll have communion together, study the word, pray together, have fun together, work out how you can love others around you uh, as you gather. And uh, the flyer's there, and the insert is uh, is in, in there with the list of groups. Uh, so please take the opportunity to do that. One of the things that is really powerful is to pray the scriptures. When God says something, and it says in the Scriptures that He is worthy, you turn it into a prayer and you say, thank you, Lord, that you are worthy. I'm going to turn Jesus' prayer for His disciples into a personal prayer for us as we close and I hand back to the worship team. I want to lead us in a prayer where I'm praying, if you like, the Scripture where Jesus prayed for us. Lord Jesus... We pray for all who have come to faith, those in our community and all God's people in churches around us that we will be one just as You and the Father are one. May we know the reality of deep fellowship and intimacy with You just as You are in deep fellowship and communion with the Father and the Spirit. May Your glory be manifest on us in such a way that we will be in community and oneness together in the same way as You and the Father are one. In this we will know we are loved by You And the world will know that you have come to us from God and they will know they are loved by you. Just as you were loved before the foundation of the world, we want to see your glory. And just as you long for us to be where you are, we long too to be in your presence both now and for eternity. We know you have come to us from the Father who sent you. Thank you for showing us the Father's love so that the love that he has can be manifest in us, and you will dwell in us powerfully for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.